hey, so glad you're here because I have another ignited entrepreneur on the show today to share what they did to ignite their business and their life. This is Jess Colthard, your host. And as always, you're invited to listen in to another conversation about business, entrepreneurship, and why following your passion is the best way to ignite your life. Welcome to another episode of Ignited Entrepreneurs. Today, I have Joey D of IFGT Coaching. He is a professional and personal development coach. Joey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so excited to be here with you. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too, because we had a really fun chat about a week ago and you know it's funny and I mean don't take this the wrong way but you know sometimes it's like there's a lot of coaches out there right it's like oh great another coach but when you and I started talking I was like yes. no 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 this guy is not just another coach <laughs> <laughs> well thank you thank you that's yeah. awesome yeah well, that was a great conversation yeah it totally was I think you and I probably could have talked for a really long time so all right what I would really love for you to do, though, is like when you and I were chatting and you shared with me the name of your coaching company, could you please <laughs> share that with the audience? Because Absolutely. So it's IFGT Coaching and the IFGT stands for it's fucking go time. Yes. <laughs> and that's how we operate. That's how I operate in all of my works. You know, I, you know, if I can go into this a little bit, is, you know, I grew up in a very, very low income, poor family outside of Detroit, Michigan. I watched my parents struggle my entire life. And even knowing it was wrong, I carried those same practices into my adulthood, into my 20s and such. And, and I had the fortunate experience at 22 years old of hearing a, a gentleman's name by Jack Boland speak. And just it lit this passion inside of my soul to inspire, motivate and lead people to living better lives. And I've you know, part of my conditioning was that a man gets a job and supports a family and hopefully lives long enough to enjoy some retirement, which a lot of us grew up with, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, even for me as a woman, it's the same thing, right? It's it's that treadmill that we all just kind of jump on and go with, right? Great way to say that. Yeah, yeah. I always look at it as a hamster wheel. Treadmill is a great way to say it, where it's just ongoing, trying to get to a point of where we're conditioned to get to, which is nowhere in the direction of what we truly want. So at 22 years old, I became a student of the works I do today. But at the same time, I bought into that conditioning of a man getting a job, book, line, and sinker built a career up to a vice president of sales in, in uh, corporate America and continued my studies, continued multiple certifications, my education with what I do today. And probably close to 10 years ago, I just had it. I had gone through my life and I was tired of using things like alcohol and gambling to try and stuff down that passion inside of me. And about 10 years ago, I finally was at a breaking point and I said, I just can't do this anymore. And I had three clients to my name and I resigned from corporate America. I was in Iowa at the time. I moved down to the mountains of South Carolina where I live today. And it was part of my life passion to live in the mountains by trout streams and waterfalls. And I've just been going forward ever since. I love it. Oh my goodness. You're inspiring me because my goal is my dream is to go live by the beach. So if you can go oh, live yeah. by the mountains and streams and waterfalls, then I know I can go find my beach. 
And, and I'll tell you, it's not as hard, like, you know, the hardest part of all of this, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you got a foot in the, in the employee bucket and a foot into entrepreneurship, or, or you're, you're doing a job that you can't stand, there's something else that's weighing on you and your passion. The hardest part of the whole thing is that stepping into it. You know, when you burn that bridge behind you, so to speak, you know, when I close that door on corporate America, it took so many guts to get to that point. But once I stepped out, it's like all of a sudden now I'm in it. The next step will show up the next thing, the next thing and the next thing and keep going. But as long as I held on to that as an anchor, it kept me anchored. Oh, that's a great analogy. You know, it reminds me of Tony Robbins talks about burning the boats. He says, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats because you have to give yourself no, no chance, no other (laughs) option, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I work with like quite a few clients. Now, one of the things where I coach different than other coaches, and I don't want to knock anybody, but I don't herd people through my programs. I only work with seven clients at a time every month. And I only do groups of 12 to 15 people at the max. I'm not somebody to put 50, 100, 150 people into a group because I want to make sure each person I work with that I truly get to support them, to inspire them, to assist them in getting the absolute most they can get out of the experience. So, you know, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's amazing. And, you know, I love that you're doing it for them right? Like you get to benefit, you know, financially because they pay you for it. But I love your approach to that, right? It really is about making sure that they get the best experience from the work yes. that they're doing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, so in, in, in doing what I do, you know, like you talked about that with Tony Robbins, one of the things I work with, with my clients is I tell them, you know, we're going to throw away plan B because as long as you have a plan B, as long as you have a backup plan, you don't really have a whole lot laid into that plan A. So let's really, really gear up that plan A. Let's make it where there is no plan B and move forward into that plan A like there's no other choice. I love it. I need to be listening to your advice myself here. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> you know, and that's the reason why I have a coach in my life that I work with continuously. You know, I've, I was told from the time I started doing this, the best coaches have coaches, but really, you know, we get in our own way and we don't even realize that we're getting in our own way, that we're our patterns and our conditioning is what's stopping us and halting us from achieving what we desire. And so having somebody else that's trained and has a track, a proven successful track record of that can open up that avenues to things that we don't even see where we're, where we're living through patterns and conditioning in our life. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. What did I hear? Um, you can't read the label from inside the jar. That's one of my favorite quotes. Oh, I like that. Yeah, right. Like you need somebody else who can see it, who's emotionally unattached and can see things clearly for you, which is why coaching is so great. Yes, yes. And and I'll tell you, you know, I I, I network with a lot of other coaches. I coach other coaches. I, you know, and and, and one of the things I notice is people who get the training certification, things like that, and then they go out on their own doing it at some point, run into things that they're not able to handle, you know? I just did a thing earlier this year in January. It was called Entrepreneur Mythbusters. And it was a five, I think it was a five or six part series. And every day I went online, I took one of the major myths and I broke it down about entrepreneurship. And one of the ones that's relating that I'm thinking of right now is I talked about how, you know, so often you hear, you know, before you step into that, go talk to your friends and your family and get their input and do all that and everything. (laughs) But really, those are the people who gave you the conditioning that's got you stuck in a job. 
Yeah, sorry, I had to laugh at that because like that's the last thing you want to do. <laughs> right. Go look at somebody who's living that way that you want to live. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Is like you got to be careful who you take advice from. Yes. Yes, because if you if you go and take advice from people who program the conditioning into you and it's nobody's fault. You know, we didn't we weren't born and we got to check a box on what type of conditioning we want. But if you grew up in my family, if you were one of us five kids, and seeing how my parents were, where relatives were bringing groceries and things like that and stuff, that's a whole different thing than going to a billionaire's, you know, being raised by a billionaire. That's a whole different type of programming and conditioning that happens there. And it's not their fault because they're doing the best they can do. But at the bottom of the day, my whole desire of my lifetime is to help people experience life through their vision, through their greatest vision of what that life looks like. And the reason, Jess, is because First off, seeing my mom and dad struggle the way they did and then learning there is another way. I don't ever want to see people struggle like that again. And secondly, because every time somebody grabs hold of that, that deep passion within them and brings it outwardly, the entire world is a better place for it. Oh, I love that so, so much. Yeah. I think, yeah, you know, it is like I felt it when you were saying it, right? Like I, I could hear the emotion in your voice when you were sharing that story. Yeah. Right. And, you know, yeah. I love that that's where it comes from is it's really like, I just don't want anybody else to have to settle. Right. Like, cause I know yes. that there's more. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's my why that's what gets me out of bed. Like at six 30 in the morning, excited to get the day going and stuff, you know, and, 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 you know, and even at the same time, like there's, you know, we don't always, we don't, Oh, we can't always stay right there, right? Because life is about growth and you have to go through the valleys in order to get to the mountaintops and all of that and everything. So, you know, but going through that, one of the things I really love to bring up here is, is, is goals and two different aspects of it, if that's okay. Please. First off is goals are typically based on to-dos. It's based on living the life of a human doing not a human being. What I work with every client or organization or corporation that I go into, every time I start with helping them create a dynamic vision for what that is they want to be, have, create, experience, whatever it is. And then we start from that vision. And then the rest of the time we work together, it's really doing shifting to becoming of that person to, to achieving those things in our life. And so that's what I see a difference between goals and visions. And so often people are stuck in goals and corporate America goals and entrepreneurship goals. You know, one of the biggest myths I hear of entrepreneurs is that once you step into it, you got to trade off your entire life until it becomes successful. I don't want to buy into that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because what happens there, and I've seen this happen over and over and over where people exhaust that they actually kill that vision of exhaustion or that dream of exhaustion in trying to live that way in trying to be a human doing. Yeah. When, one, of, one of the things that I just wanted to circle back to is when you talk sure. about vision, right? Is I think one of the things that people don't realize is that, you know, sort of back to what you were saying about, you know, you grow up with this expectation of what your life is supposed to look like based on what you saw growing up. And so what happens is I think even with our vision, we don't allow ourselves to go big enough, right? And so because, because we're so... Like, oh, no, I, I can't expect too much from my life. And, and we limit ourselves even in, in our vision, in our dream, in our imagination. And so one of the things I love about what you were saying that you do is helping people, even just the first step is, is figuring out what that vision is, because that alone could be life changing. Just 
opening them up to the possibility that they don't have to limit themselves. Man, my second point, it's so funny. <laughs> You'd think we'd spoken my, before. <laughs> well, my, yeah, my second point was exactly that. So many people, their dreams and their desires, their true heart desires for their life die out because of the fear that they won't be successful. So they never even attempt to take it on. Yeah. You know, when I talk to people about goals, there's really, and I, I learned this, you know, my mentors are people like Bob Proctor, you know, Mary Morrissey and, and, and such. And, but one of the things I learned from Bob is that, you know, there's three types of goals. There's an A goal, which are those things we do all the time, comb our hair, brush our teeth, those types of things, drive to work, drive home, you know, how we eat, things like that. They're all things we know how to do. We do them over and over repetition. B type of goals are those goals that are, that are contingent on something else. Once the kids are raised, once I retire, once I get so much of my savings, once, you know, once something happens, it's conditional, then, then that will trigger that. What I work with people on is C type of goals. C type of goals are I have no freaking idea how the hell this is going to come to fruition or how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. And when I work with people on a vision, it comes to that level of getting them way outside of their comfort zone of what they believe they can achieve. Yeah, that's the fun stuff. Yeah. No, Jessica, I tell you, I, I, I've had clients who have had three jobs when I first met them. And the, the, the thing they loved doing, which was real estate, was on the back burner to everything else bringing that forward meant that you had to take some he had to take some scary steps and we did some shifting and such and now today he is just like going like gangbusters and in, in 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 real estate i have another realtor i worked with who sent me a testimonial or not even a testimonial just an update she was she actually called me up she was crying and she said joseph last year was my highest earning year in 18 years in business and it was the first time ever I took five weeks off of work. Oh, wow. All in the same year. I've had clients who were teachers and couldn't stand doing it anymore. And they had a vision, ended up buying a bus, converting it to a hair salon and going to industrial parks. And people would walk out, get their haircut and walk back. I love that idea. Oh, my God. Such incredible. A year into it, Jess, she ended up getting a larger bus and putting a boutique up in the front of it so people could come in and shop, get their haircut and go what? back to work. That's Isn't so that awesome. awesome. I love I've it when people think out of the box like that, you know? Yeah, I've had I've had prof professors from major universities who came to me and we would do coaching and, and her vision, her vision was to travel to every national park in the United States and spend time there, not just drive through them, but actually live there for a month or a couple of weeks or however long she felt it deemed necessary and has been doing that going on almost two years now and absolutely loving it, created a blog is you know starting to get some income and does different and she absolutely loves it and she sleeps in a tent fabulous <laughs> isn't that incredible i've had people who have wanted ocean homes like you talked about you know and i'll get them into that vision i'll get them into what's it look like what's it feel like you know when we create a vision goals are typically based on to-dos when we create a vision it's like clarity is power what it looks like to be in that vision is really important. And then what also, what does it feel like? What's it feel like to be the person living in that ocean home? What's it feel like to pull up in the driveway? Like that's the difference between goals and visions right there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because I'm doing a lot of studying right now around uh, law of attraction yes. and that's the key. It's the feeling. It's all about the feeling and the emotion and, and being, allowing yourself to feel that. Yes. 
Yes. When, when, and this, yes, you're absolutely right. And that's been the major focus of my study is the law of attraction. When you line up that feeling tone of that, Abraham Hicks talks about this. When you line up the feeling tone of that, you can't miss. But if you don't line up that feeling tone, no matter how much effort you put out into it, it's not going to align for you. Yeah. So, okay. So I have questions. So you were talking about like people getting in their own way. So now yeah. do you think it's only childhood conditioning that does that? Or like, what else do you think is at play there that holds people back? Well, that's, that's a great question. Um, I don't think our conditioning is childhood play. You know, it starts from we're children with the conditioning we receive at home from whoever, you know, guardians, parents, whatever. And then it goes into school when we do that. And then it goes into, you know, college, it goes into dating, it goes into employment, it goes into things like that. That's why you'll get people that are like stuck in a job and won't even consider leaving it. They can't stand being there, but they got let go from a job eight years ago or 10 years ago, and they don't ever want to experience that again. So our conditioning happens throughout our life. But what happens is we take the things that happen in our life. I wrote a book called Life's Lessons. The emphasis of the whole book is that life happens for us and not to us. So when we have these situations and circumstances that happen in our life, instead of allowing it to beat us down, if you could take and look at those situations and ask if life happens for me and not to me, why is this happening? What is this showing me in my life? For me to do that, which is where it started, I had to take the judgment out of the situation. I went through a divorce, a terrible divorce. And for a year, I was stuck in that judgment of it and I couldn't get any further. Once I took that judgment off and looked at it, I started realizing incredible things that that experience taught me. And so when we look at those things in our life, those conditions, those places that got us, have us stuck right now, if we understand that that happened for us and we find out what that is, it can actually spark us to grow and expand in life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm wondering, so when you say like, when you're looking for what the experience taught you, is that somehow related to gratitude as well? It, it all comes down to gratitude. Yes. I mean, the more gratitude you have, the better, you know, that the better your life, your entire life is going to be, you know, and there's always, always, always something to be grateful for. Now I'll tell you, you saw the live I did. Uh, Facebook Live earlier tonight. I just had a dear friend of mine of almost 30 years pass away a week or so ago, and he he just 60 years old. He fell down and he was he was he was dead, and that's really hitting me hard. And I even as I'm saying this to you right now, I really feel that. But man, I have so much gratitude that I know him. I had so much gratitude for the part that he played in my life and I in his life, and that we interacted the way we did and things like that. So yeah, there's always gratitude in things. Yes. I love that you, know, you said that because one of the things that I've, I've always said to people in my own special way of trying to help them through grief mm -hmm. is I always say that the reason you're so sad is because they did their job, because they left yeah. an impact, because they yeah. made you feel wanted, um, you know, loved and, and cherished yes. and all those things. And that's why you're feeling what you're feeling. You're feeling a loss of that person. But if you can flip it into the gratitude for knowing them and the impact they had, it, it completely flips around the way you see things. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about like that, the, the private side of things with things like that, but even looking at, look at an entrepreneur, you know, I work, I've done a lot of sales training. I've worked with a lot of salespeople. I, I was really good at sales. It just wasn't in the area where I, I, you know, really have my passion, but 
I'll take people who have a bad sale or a sale go wrong or an entrepreneur who's out doing business and runs into a couple of hurdles and they right away start seeing how limited they are and how hard it is to do what they're trying to achieve. But it's only based on that experience. Had they not have had that experience, they'd be mo moving along just fine. But what happens is instead of taking that experience as a stepping stone, they take it as a stumbling block and it holds them up. And then they become more afraid of stepping out that way again. And it just continues to build along those lines. But if you can understand it's a stepping stone and what it, what's there to learn from, the name of the book is Life's Lessons. That's what it's all about. What, what's there to learn from that? Then all of a sudden it could be a stepping stone into, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do something similar, but I'm going to change this and this and this when I do it. I love that shifting a stumbling block into a stepping stone. Yeah. That should be your next book. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I have a few of them in process right now. Yeah, no, that was just the way that you phrased that was beautiful. Like, I really feel like there's the nugget people right there. There's the nugget. Take those stumbling blocks and turn them into stepping stones. Yeah, when you look at Thomas Edison and the light bulb, he failed something like 10,000 times in doing it. And after he, after he, you know, people would come up to him and say, so, so what, how do you take that 10,000 failures? And he goes, no, I got 10,000 pieces of information to tell me how not to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> if we could look at our life like that, oh my God, it would be so much more open and we wouldn't get in our own way and block or sabotage ourselves from achieving what we want to achieve. Yeah. One of my favorite guys that I listen to right now, his name is Ed Milet. Not sure if you've heard of him. He talks about stacking wins, but what if yeah. instead you take those failures yeah. or, and, or those attempts, let's just say yeah. as success, and you stack those instead <laughs> as all of the lessons learned. Absolutely. And that's, you know, whether I'm doing it, you know, when I work with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, whether I'm working with a group, we, we celebrate successes. We start out, whether it's the one-on-one -on -one call, a group call, whatever, we get into, we celebrate those, those wins because it's so important. You know, that friend of mine, his name is Patrick, who passed away. One of the key things he taught me is to accentuate the positives and the negatives will take care of themselves. And Jessica, I have helped multiple business owners grow their business. I've helped multiple realtors. I've helped multiple people in their personal development and marriages and things like that. I've, but it also served me in corporate America working for companies that were either experiencing or about to experience bankruptcy and getting them through that other side is getting that vision of that positive. Yeah. Like sometimes people just need something to hold on to, right? Something yes. to be facing. And if you can just shift them out of like the negative or the blaming or the judgment, like you were saying earlier, and just shift them into possibility instead and create that vision for them, it's like it just reignites them to want to get going again. Absolutely. You know, if, if you really break it down, we were talking about the law of attraction. Our reality of our life is make-believe. The reality of our life, our successes, our, our, our struggles, our, all of it is, is because our whole life is based on our perception. So it's the perception that we take that determines what we call our reality. Oh, you're so talking my language right now. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the good thing about that, the really, really awesome, cool thing about that is we can change what we call our reality at any time by changing our thinking. The bad part about that the hardship in that is that only we can do that. Nobody can do that for us. People can assist us once we're ready, 
but we have to make that decision to shift those perceptions. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that we ended up talking about law of attraction. Um, I have been also listening to Abraham Hicks lately. In fact, I'm in the middle yes. of an audio book right now. Um, mm -hmm. And I have sticky notes all over my bathroom. <laughs> because that's what it is. It's about like grabbing those moments when you go down into like a dark hole and being able to pull yourself out mm -hmm. of them quickly and shift into a better thought. And so I have reminders of those better thoughts that I want to have around me so that I can catch myself. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens, and it's, it's nobody's fault, but what happens is sometimes we get into that negative side, into that negative side of things and, and we just can't get out. You know, people get trapped in there for their entire lifetime and they can't get out and it's not their fault, but it is their choice. Well, if anybody's listening to this podcast right now and you're struggling, whether it's your business, your relationships, your, you know, your, your, your health or your, your financially, whatever it is, if you're struggling, there's avenues you can reach out, but only you can reach out on behalf, you know, of yourself. Yeah. You have to, you know, like you say, like there's, there's a lot of different coaches out there. There's a lot of different people that want to help you, but yeah, you're right. The person has to take that step. They have yes. to, you know, reach out for that hand that's reaching out for them, right? Yes. And one of the things I work with a lot of recovering, um, you know, with alcoholics and such. And, and, and one of the things I, I'll tell a new guy all the time is when they start going to meetings and stuff like that, like, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but, you know, they have what they call sponsors, which is really somebody who's been through the steps and things like that and helps other people coming in to go through the same thing, you know? And so I always tell them, get a sponsor, because if you don't, you're sponsoring yourself and you're the one that got you here. You know, if somebody's listening to this and you're struggling, again, it's not your fault. There's no blame or judgment on that at all. But trying to get yourself out of it, you're the one that got you there. So why not reach out and get some assistance in getting out of there? So often people think it's like, a, you know, the brave thing is, you know, I'll do it myself. I got to figure this out. I got to, you know, but my God, it takes so long to do that. And if it's even possible versus, you know, what took me years to accomplish I now help my clients do in weeks. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually was looking at a piece of paper that I made a note on this morning. And this is an Abraham Hicksism. And it says, mm -hmm. if you feel stuck, you're not. Things are changing. You're just attracting the same change over and over. Do something yes. different. Yeah. That's beautiful, Justin. And, and one of the things I tell people is listen, doing normal things has you living like you're living. If you're struggling in business, if your problem with your, your health and well-being, your relationships financially, you're doing what's normal to you to do. In order to change that, you got to get the heck out of normal and do something abnormal. Yes. And back to, you need somebody else to be able to see that for you. Right? We do. I, we're I, stuck in those patterns that we don't yeah. know we're stuck in. Exactly. Yeah. You know, people like as I'm talking to them, you know, one of the things I work with people on and this for your audience is, is you know, our self-talk and which thoughts we entertain. You know, we have a million thoughts that go through our head continually. They're going through our head. But we the bottom line is, is we choose which ones to grab hold of, nurture and entertain and which ones we discard. And so many people are conditioned that, you know, like you said about the wins. Okay, so I did that. So what, anybody could, or yeah, okay, it's about time I did, or things, and we minimize those, but then we just berate ourselves with negativity and how we talk about ourselves. 
and and how we the 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 thoughts that we entertain about ourselves yeah absolutely i don't know why it's so hard for us to accept a compliment as versus like recognize a a failure or a a negative about ourselves like i i, I wish i could understand that but i yeah, love I, that one of the things that you do with your clients is you make sure to celebrate the wins. Like, again, yeah. it's like that recreating a new habit and, and teaching people how to accept those, those wins, right? So that it becomes normal behavior. Yeah. So what happens is like the law of attraction, I'll bring it back up. You know, we have our intention, right? The intention is I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to create this business. The intention is I want to have a great love relationship, or I want this to be my, you know, that the relationship somebody's in, I want to be the great love relationship. That, those are the intentions. But then we place our attention on all the things that aren't there, all the things that aren't right, all the flaws that we perceive to be real about ourselves, all of the mistakes, all of the, you know, the, the you know, stumbling blocks, all of those things we put our attention on. So all we do is we recreate those things over and over and over again. And that's why you have somebody that like wins the lottery and comes from, you know, you know, low income, they win the lottery. And within a couple of years, they're back, they're in rehab and divorce court and all this stuff and everything. It's, it's, it's that whole thing is because the processes inside haven't changed. When we change the inside, when we change internally, the outside has to fit into that experience of that. And that's not philosophy, it's physics, it's energy flow. Where we put our intention or our attention is where we're placing our intention. And even if we have them mixed up and, and, and disconnected, it goes based on where we're placing our attention. So do you have any tips for people that are like, say, just sort of starting out on this process? Like they're listening to you and they're thinking, yes, that's what I need to be doing. I need to be refocusing where my attention is. So, yes. you know, yeah, cool. The, the first thing I would say is, set down the goals. I, I, there's a place for those, but set those down and get a vision, get a clear vision, grab a pad of paper, a pen, cup of coffee, tea, whatever it is, your beverage, your choice, sit down, get comfortable and just write, write down what you would love to be, do, have, give, create an experience. If, it, if you're going to focus on your business, that's fine. If you want to focus on all areas of your life, that's fine. But, but really take the time and get into that vision and put down so you can read that vision and see the clarity. You can see whatever it is that you want to see. So last fall, I decided that my life wasn't exciting enough. And I took up, I, I took up hand gliding. What? <laughs> now I'm a, I'm a pilot. I, I, I ride motorcycles. I love to fish and things like that and stuff, you know, but so I decided I was going to take up hand gliding. And when I did, I had a vision of what that was going to look like to be up in the air and things like that. You know, what that would feel like, like that was what I was after is just feeling like a bird feels when you're floating through the air and flying and you can adjust and turn and all of that stuff and everything, getting a vision like that of what does it look like, but then the feeling tone of it, what's it feel like to be that person living that life oh my god you will spark something inside of you that unless you've done this before will be a brand new kid at christmas feeling for you <laughs> <laughs> once you get over the fear of the idea of it <laughs> well i'm not even saying the fear set that aside just yeah. get yeah. You know, because that's the other part. That's the other problem with a lot of business, especially entrepreneurs, is as much as it's like that mind thinking and visioning and visioneering and things like that and such. So many of us were taught at a younger age to shut down our imagination because it's childish. It's not mature. 
but our imagination is where all that magic lies. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm just trying to think like, mm-hmm. because for me, I have a fear of heights. So of course, you know, what you had suggested is a bit of a challenge for me, but yes. yeah, I but I like the, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I get it. I mean, that just because that's the scary thing for me doesn't mean that it's any different than, you know, something that's scary for somebody else in business, picking up that phone, making their first phone exactly. call to, to a client, right? It's like, whatever it is that you're afraid of, that's the challenge. So I'm sitting here and I'm feeling that as you're explaining it, I'm going, yeah, but, yeah, but like all those like excuses and things that start to come up, right? But just because it's a fear of heights doesn't make it any different than a fear of success, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of name your tune, right? Whatever. Absolutely. Yep. And one of the, one of the quickest ways to step into that, because you know what the fear is really? The fear is that we're, in order to do that, we're stepping outside of our comfort zone. So anytime we step outside of our comfort zone, there's going to be fear because it's new. It's unknown to us. When we're living in our comfort zone and we're in that cocoon of that comfort zone and, and, and it, we're safe and we're protected and we have the most control because we just keep following that same routine over and over and over, which is exactly how people live a whole career in a job they can't stand because they just get into that comfort zone with it and they continue following it. The problem with that is real life is just outside of that comfort zone. But understanding when we step outside, there's going to be fear associated with that. And one of the key things I tell people to start that process of that is do something you're afraid of. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, do one thing every day you're afraid of. You know, when and and I'll tell you, once you have the vision, Jess, there's always a decision you can make, an action you can take from where you are with what you have that will move you closer into that vision. The sooner you can identify and take that action, the less fear is going to push against you to stop taking the action. Yeah, that makes sense. That's like Mel Robbins with her five second rule. It's great. It's like that. You've got this small little window of time before all that programming and stuff comes up and stops you. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and like I said, but, but again, it's understanding we can have fear. It's a normal part of the process, you know, to reach your vision. There's going to be some fear attached to that, but you can have fear, but kick it the hell out of the driver's seat of your life. You know, your fear doesn't have to determine. And that's one of the things I've really faced personally, along with a lot of my clients, you know, stepping out like that, everyone really, but for years I would come out and I'd get a speaking engagement and I'd do it. And that fear was like a cinder block wall and I'd hit it. And I think, man, I must be doing something wrong. So I'd go back to the starting gate and at some point later, I'd come out again, I'd hit it until I understood that fear is a natural part of it. And the bigger the step we take outside of our comfort zone, the more fear is going to be associated with that. But the moment you step into it, the fear subsides. I was scared out of my mind to walk away from a six figure income with a company car and all the benefits that come with being a VP of sales with three clients I was working with that I was honored to work with at the time and step away and not only do that, but move away and buy a house and do all the stuff I did. But man, my life opened up in doing that. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, I think maybe if we just know to expect the fear that that might help too, right? Yeah. Cause back in the day when I was starting to do this in my early thirties and stuff like that, I didn't know that. And I didn't have somebody right there to help me understand that, you know, I was still doing self-study things like that at the time. 
create my own programs and, you know, based on my knowledge base and stuff like that. So once I started getting coaching and understood that and understood it, it wasn't, I was doing something wrong. It, it was a natural part of that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that just for myself, even just thinking now about like, okay, so if I was going to go and do hang gliding and I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be scary, but it was also going to be really exciting. Does that change things for me? And it kind of did. Like it actually yeah. shifted the way that I feel about it. Thinking about it, like, and trust me, I do not look heights. So this is a big one for me. Like you really <laughs> dialed in the fear when you mentioned that. So <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what I, I did can shift. That. Sorry, I was going to say, if I can shift the feeling around that, then I'm sure you can shift the feeling around just about anything for people. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll tell you what I did with that too, Jess. It's kind of funny. It's because I was, you know, the closer it was getting and things like that, I was getting a little bit nervous. And I was like, man, you know, it's me and this kite and that's it. Yeah. You know, so the, so the first day I went for training, what I did before I even strapped myself into a kite is I got an instructor to take me up 2000 feet. They tow you up in a, in a little ultralight plane and then yeah. release you. And I thought if I can do that with them at 2000 feet, then I can do all the other. And, and I was really nervous doing that. And when we were taken off. It was like, Oh my God. But once we got in the air, it was like, and that's what happens. The fear just, once we step into it, the fear is gone and we're just doing it. That's true. <laughs> it's that point of no return it's like too bad sucker you're doing it now (laughs) yeah I had a client who was afraid of heights and every year her and her family would go on this vacation they'd all stop at the same place every year and everybody get out of the car stripped to their swimsuit go jump off this cliff and 25 30 35 feet whatever it was fall down into the water and every year she would walk you know take like strip down to her suit and walk the pathway down to the water and she said I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to do that I don't want to do that so we, we talked about it ahead of time and we went through it and she ended up going and I had her describe it for me. She talked about the third step before the cliff jump is she could feel that fear just start getting brighter and, and, and stronger and more intense within her. And then she took the second step. So much of her insides are going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then she took that next step, that last step before the jump. And she said she was just petrified and felt like she was sweating and could feel her heart beat in her, in her, uh, chest and in her throat and stuff and she said and then I leant down and I jumped and the moment her feet left the ground the fear subsided wow oh you've almost got me convinced (laughs) yeah and that's how it is for most of that's how it was when I when I left corporate America that day and I got in my truck and I started driving down to South Carolina it's like all of a sudden it was a new world there wasn't the fear there was the excitement there was the oh my God, I want to do this too. And I want to do this. And, I, and, and that whole side of things started to just kind of explode with it. And every client I work with, when we get to that stepping off point and whatever their vision is, life begins. Mm, so beautiful. You've almost got me wanting to try something big now. <laughs> Good. What would that be? Jess? I don't know. I don't know. I got to think about it. I'll get back to you. Then you can come back on. You can hot seat coach me through it. <laughs> I'd love to. Okay, we'll do that. You'll have a return appearance and you're going to get a chance to do that. All right, deal. Absolutely love to. Deal. Oh my goodness. Okay, so if somebody wanted to reach out and Mm -hmm. learn more about your programs and potentially work with you, right? Like I do now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you where you can go, Jess. (laughs) All right, where can I go, Joey? You you can go to coachwithjoseph.com 
Now I do, a, I do group coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do a lot of free webinars, workshops. The first Saturday of every month, I do a vision calibration group where we just, a group of people, we get together, get on Zoom, and we just spend an hour leaning into our vision. And like I said, my whole life is about living this and giving it and helping people live better lives. And so if somebody wants to go to coachwithjoseph.com, they can schedule a block of time with me and we can get on there and we can talk about it. If you have things going on there, struggles and things like that, we'll talk about those. I'll help you start that vision, that dynamic vision creation in your life and, get, and then give you some tools to start bridging that gap. But we can also talk about all the other works I do and, and how you can get a hold of me and how you can sign up and things like that. And it's, I don't charge for that call at all. It's a 45 minute block of time that we get on the phone and get to have one-on-one -on -one conversation. I love it. Awesome. Well, I might just have to schedule mine <laughs> with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's pick something big for Jess. Oh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I'll tell you, Jess, and, you know, we talk about the entrepreneurs and things like that and stuff, but like I have helped people in a 37 year marriage when we met within the first week, he hired me for business coaching. And when we, and, and we got to talking, I found that he had a 37 year marriage that he and his wife coexisted. The kids were raised and gone and stuff. And they didn't even eat together, shop together, nothing. They just lived in the same household. Oh. The fifth week I worked with him, he was at a live webinar I did up in Michigan and he was there and I was teasing him. And I said, Hey, would you like to do a testimonial? And he goes, yeah, I'll do one. So he came up on stage and actually did it. And, um, and he talked about the first week, why he came to me, all that and stuff. And then, and I said, so what's your, what's it like now? And he said, Joe, it's Joey. It's like, we're newlyweds. Like we date and we spend time together and we hang out on the couch and lay down and cuddle up and eat popcorn and watch movies. And it's like my whole marriage has reignited based on it. That was only five weeks into it. And wow. when I said to him, I said, so let me ask you, what has your wife done over this past five weeks? Cause we all know you worked with me. What is she? He said, she didn't do nothing. And everybody <laughs> laughed, Jess. But what he was saying is she didn't, which is part of the point I want to illustrate is when we shift inside, the things on our outside have to shift in unison with them. The things that are problem financially, when we shift that inside, if we're not getting the business that we desire to have, when we make those shifts inside, the outside cannot help but to align with that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love that point, right? Is that it's not about shifting other people or blaming other people or correcting right. other people, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so yes. before I let you go, before I let yes. you go, I have to ask you my one final question I ask all oh, of my guests. You know. <laughs> Ready? Buckle up. Should we do a drum roll? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't Thank know you. if you can hear that or not. <laughs> I did. Okay, cool. All right. So if you were to give somebody who's ready to take their business to the next level, one piece of advice, what would you suggest? I would suggest before you took any actions into it, that you get a clear vision of what that looks like. A clear vision. When I, when I worked with corporate America, you know, in corporate America with companies in bankruptcy, I would always work with them on getting a vision of what's it look like to be back in profitability. What's it look like as a team? What's it look like as a company? What's it look like as who you're serving and what you're, what you're doing? What, what does that, all of that look like? And I would really pump it up. As we did that, ended up with multiple corporations that whether they got new ownership or funding from whatever and ended up back into profitability through following that process. It all starts with that. When we start with creating a vision of what it looks like, it not only gives us a very powerful place to head towards, 
and direction, a compass, so to speak, but it also makes the path easier. Mm, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being on, Joey. I loved it. And I'm serious. I want to have you back. I want to go deeper. We covered a lot today, but I would love to, yeah. to take a deeper dive with you for sure. So would I, Jess. Yeah, absolutely. I Thank you so much. This is an honor to be here and talking with you. I love talking with you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd we got to do it again. We can't just make this a one and done. So I agree. <laughs> uh, I look forward to having you back on. Same here. Thank you. 